The Winnipeg Jets are inching ever closer to a Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, but who knows if it's going to be L.A., Montreal, or another contender. Now, my bet is on L.A. That's what most of the media and all of the links seem to, seem to suggest. But who are the Jets getting back in return? Do we know the trade package? What is the likelihood that this deal goes through? And why are we still waiting for the announcement? All of this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But more than anything, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, tonight's episode, we've got a couple of major topics to cover. It has been a busy news weekend in Winnipeg. A lot seems to be building. Um, and so the Jets right now, the biggest thing that is is not only on Winnipeg's lips, but just about everyone who is watching all of the major trade transactions and stuff is where is Pierre-Luc Dubois getting traded to? Because it feels like we are really dang close to hearing uh, a, a formal announcement. And from what I understand and from what you know has been put out by some of the bigger names in media like Darren Dreger, the situation is kind of getting down to an hourly watch, which if you're a Jets fan means that it could be really close. And intriguingly, we heard a package sort of take shape over this past weekend, and it looks like it's going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois and Jansen Harkins for Gabriel Velarde and Alex Ayafalo. But intriguingly, that's not the only part of the package. It sounds like there might be another player of some sort on the younger side who could be included uh, from the Kings while the Jets are preparing something else as part of their exchange. So a lot of, of different moving parts here. In terms of what the Kings are getting, you know, Harkins, we know, has been lighting it up for the Moose, but in terms of NHL production, hasn't always been um, capable of, of consistently putting it together. I still hold out hope that I think he could be a really solid middle six rotational option, but asking more from him might not yield results. That said, I think the Kings are a very interesting gamble, and as like a really cheap toss-in for a contract balancing situation, I feel like he could be... Um, maybe like the the Mikey Isamont sort of trade for the Kings. But, you know, is he really going to be a major role player? Probably not. The centerpiece, of course, the big chimichanga, the one that everyone is focusing on is, is naturally Pierre-Luc Dubois. And Dubois, you know, the only holdup with this whole trade seems to be what his contract status is going to be. There are questions over whether he signs maybe a short one-year deal before committing to like an eight-year deal with the Kings or if they just go in immediately long-term as part of a sign-in trade. So a uh, very interesting question cap-wise. I think if you're the Kings, you're not liking the idea of the one, then the eight, because not only is he going to be older, you're also risking that he doesn't resign after this upcoming season. The cheeky little thing about that is if he decides he doesn't like the Kings, he can just up and dip when he hits uh, UFA status. And that one-year contract situation does not give the Kings a lot of time to work with. So 
LA, I think, is more inclined to do this long term. And if I'm the Kings, I would certainly be looking at that avenue too. I can't see a scenario where uh, they would buy in heavily with only one season of of Dubois, you know, confirmed, right? They need to have him locked up long term. And I think Pat Brisson, who's doing the back end negotiations on Dubois' behalf for his contract stuff, is probably aware of that too. And so far, he's been playing ball. So something to keep an eye on as the Kings try to uh, hammer this out. In terms of the roster return for the Jets, uh, Gabriel Velarde and Alex Aliafalo are very interesting players for a couple of reasons. Gabriel Velarde is one of my favorite Kings prospects from the past few years. I feel like Velarde has always been one of those guys who's a super creative force, very dynamic on the puck. But the biggest problem for him was really just staying healthy. He's had some injuries that look like they would almost derail his entire career. I was actually thinking he would never make the NHL. I was really worried about it. I was hoping it happened, but you know, you were kind of concerned that based on like the severity of the injuries he's had, uh, the surgeries he required, and the very long rehab process, there was a chance that he might not even crack the lower pro ranks. But thankfully, he stayed healthy. He got through the AHL, really put up good numbers there. And since joining the Kings over the past couple of seasons, he's looked really special. This year, I think, was really one of his big career years, a big breakout season. And Velarde looks primed to take that next step as he continues to mature and develop. He's got very solid defensive impacts. He's got a great shot. And he puts up pretty good scoring uh, and counting results if you're the kind of person who really thrives on that. Now, Ayafalo is the one who's probably been overshadowed uh, overshadowed a little bit, in part because Ayafalo, you know, he's not cheap, right? He, you know, he's not super inexpensive. He's over four mil. He's uh, signed for like two more seasons. And look, you're looking at a guy who's probably more in the Niederreiter camp. But I've always felt that Ayafalo was maybe a little bit underappreciated. I think he's a very smart player. He always seems to find dangerous areas. And in terms of like creating shots and getting in close, he's not half bad. Now, does he fit Winnipeg's long-term picture? Probably not. He's like 30 now. I feel like his role is going to be one of those middle six Niederreiter types, but maybe doesn't have um, the same offensive punch that Nino brings. That said, I think he's pesky. I think he'll be a nice energy kind of player. And again, for a guy that's basically a cap dump, it really could be worse. Now, as far as what other players are going to be included on either side of this trade, that is still a huge question. Uh, I've seen lots of people speculating, whether it's Carl Grundstrom, Jarrett Anderson Dolan. I've even seen Quentin Byfield being mentioned. Uh, and, and you can cross off Byfield already. That's not happening. Um, I think it would have to be him as like the centerpiece of the trade rather than Velarde. But other prospects, Grundstrom, uh, Kupari, some of these other players, yeah, you know, you're, you're basically getting a punt on like a middle six player, most likely, maybe even a bottom sixer if things uh, are really limited. But otherwise, I think you're kind of getting the sense that um, it's really Dubois for Velarde and Ayafalo. And in terms of like a staying competitive kind of trade, it's good. But in terms of what I think the Jets should be doing, not so sure. I love the direction of, of trying to be like, you know, present with with competitiveness and here and now players. But the Jets are going to Jets. I get it. Uh, at least if you're going to be competitive and try to stay competitive, you could do a heck of a lot worse than Velarde and Ayafalo joining your team. Now, this has not been the only move that's kind of caught my eye. Some stuff has been happening around the Bruins, and it might mean very big news for the Winnipeg Jets as they prepare to try and find a new home for Mark Shifley. We'll dive into all of that in just a moment. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. 
for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, look no further than eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit, or you get your money back guaranteed. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game, and that's very true when you shop with eBay Motors. Thanks to their selection of over 122 million parts, you'll always be back in the game in no time whatsoever. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices all at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's show as we dive into some of the recent trade rumors and stuff and some of the major roster transactions. <clears throat> roster transactions. Obviously, uh, it's been a busy week for or weekend for the Jets as they apparently have in in media speak a lot of irons in the fire. But if you've listened to Shovel Day Off, you know those are his words. So uh, Winnipeg is very famous for having a couple of phrases that Chevy uses when he's talking about trades. That is a big one that he likes to use. One iron in the fire might be Shifley, though. That one, I think, is starting to really gain steam. Um, Sarah Valley or Dreger, one of those guys, reported that it sounds like things are starting to really heat up on the Hellebuck and Shifley fronts, especially as the Dubois trade is kind of nearing its conclusion. That deal looks like it's close at hand. It looks like the, the contract terms are just the part that's still outstanding, but all of the framework for the actual trade itself looks like it's pretty much in place. That just leaves a couple of other expiring free agents, and Shifley and Hellebuck are two of the biggest ones for the Jets. Now, Shifley might have just found a new home in Boston. Why Boston? Well, uh, it sounds like Patrice Bergeron might be nearing retirement. Uh, David Krejci also nearing retirement. And with that Bruins team definitely getting on the older side, they made a, a bit of a trade to try and clear some cap space. They sent Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula. Obviously, this was basically just getting rid of Hall and Foligno for cap space. Uh, Taylor Hall was making like what, like six mil a season in, in cap hits. So obviously, that is a pretty big space that now opens up just about the amount that you need for Mark Shifley. And I think Shifley for the Bruins is actually like a perfect fit. You need an elite attacking center and look you, you're going to disagree some of you at least you're going to say oh Shifley's not elite he's not that good but let me tell you when Mark goes to Boston and gets away from this Jets team he's going to hit another career resurgence the dude showed uh you know like half of it half of it this season right and he still scored like 41 goals he had a no-show second half and again still scored 41 Imagine what it's going to be like with a Bruins team that's better, deeper, and is going to give him more incentive to really push and fight for every game. I have a feeling that we're going to see a version of Mark Shively that we have not seen in many years, which means that the trade return from Mark is probably not going to be that great. Now, my hope is they're going to see 41 goals last season and say, oh, we should pay a, a decent amount. But they're also going to see that he's an expiring free agent and probably not be super in love with that, right? Especially if they're not intending to sign him past the season. Shifley will probably get something like, I don't know, if you're looking at the Bruins, maybe a Trent Frederick, uh, a Swayman if you're fortunate, uh, a pick as well, you know, like a second round or 
maybe a fringe first rounder. I don't know. Probably nothing crazy. Um, is is Shifley worth you know a pretty decent package? I would say so. I think if you're looking at guys who are elite one C rentals for a season, there's just not many players who are going to be at his level. And if I'm the Bruins, I would be prepared to kind of kind of sell off a pretty good package of of win now players and and some futures just because you need to try and chase your cup and there's not going to be many better rentals than Shifley. Mark is again a, a great first line center. I think he will absolutely sizzle with that Bruins top six. I think it's a natural fit, but there are plenty of other teams that could certainly use Shifley's services. Carolina is definitely one that I could see maybe making a play if they have the cap space and clear it out. Um, I suspect that they would have to make some roster moves for that to happen. Other than that, I mean, you could say teams that are are missing out on Dubois. Apparently the Sens were one team that were interested. That's an option. Uh, I guess Montreal is also technically a destination, but Montreal was, it was pretty much hanging all of its hopes on Dubois because they're rebuilding. They think he fits their age demographic. Um, and I'm sure, you know, him being a French speaking player, that's all the, the stuff that they need to hear to make him, I guess, their primary target. So Shifley doesn't really fit Montreal's vision, but I guess if they're trying to find another center from the Jets that they could settle for, he technically fits the bill. That said, I, I still feel like Shifley's probably bound for some other team. Uh, I, I think, Bru- you know, the Bruins really make a lot of sense. Carolina makes a degree of sense. Other than that, I think you'd really struggle to find many places where um, they have the cap space and the ability to make it work. Nashville could technically do it. Uh, Maybe Colorado if you trade in division. But again, I don't really think the Jets have any intention of trading within the Central, much less to teams that they would feel they are directly competing for playoff spots with. So, yeah, I, uh, I think the number of doors that the Jets are willing to open for Mark Shifley is pretty narrow. Uh, it's pretty small. It's a pretty pretty narrow group. So let's hope that this Bruins thing works out and somehow the Jets get a decent trade package. I think it's the most natural fit, but uh, you never know. So we'll keep an eye on that. But of course, a lot of other moving parts and irons in the fire with the Jets as we roll into the week ahead, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just wrapping up really quickly, talking about uh, the week ahead as we roll into what is very uncharted territory for the Winnipeg Jets. We're already counting down to a blockbuster trade with Pierre-Luc Dubois. We might have a major trade with uh, Mark Shifley, and we also have a trade with, potentially, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Now, somebody on YouTube uh, who's a Devils fan, apologies, I don't remember your username, but you were talking about um, some different packages for Hellebuck and what the Devils could offer. And I know that one name that has popped up a couple of times for the Jets is Akira Schmid. Now, Schmid is certainly a fun goalie. He's shown flashes of greatness for the Devils, had a couple of really late-season uh, solid outings that I think probably turned at least a few heads and caught some attention. My thing when it comes to goalies is that oftentimes when you're dealing with them, super volatile in terms of, of performance, right? A short, hot spell from a goalie really doesn't sell um, me, at least on on their viability long-term. With starters, you want consistency. You want a pretty good level of performance. And Schmid just doesn't really have a track record yet. He certainly could down the road. And I think that's the real gamble, right? Is Schmid more than just a guy who has a couple of really nice starts? Or is he a guy who is most likely you know, going to be stuck in that backup role 
until maybe he pieces it together one day and surprises and ends up on a team for a season or two being the starter. I don't know if he's really good enough for the Jets to kind of want to gamble on that. Now, in terms of what the Devils could offer instead, if they're chasing Hellebuck, uh, I would have to say, you know, Holtz, which was mentioned, is probably one of the more exciting options. Alex obviously hasn't had the start to the NHL lifestyle that I think he was probably hoping for, but he's also been jerked around a bit. I think in terms of development, you know, the way that the Devils have kind of handled Holtz has been a little bit questionable. But I say that as a Jets fan, which is really ironic because let's be real. The Jets don't have that great of a a prospect development process that has been demonstrated. We know that the Jets, generally speaking, have struggled to graduate guys to the pro levels. So, you know, far be it from a Jets fan to say how the Devils are doing, but Long and short of it is, I feel like Winnipeg is going to be looking more for, um, you know, a top prospect like, say, Nemitz. And I know that that is not popular. I'm sure the Devils do not want to make that deal. But New Jersey is also kind of in that win-now window. And if they're committed to signing Hellebuck past the season, maybe they do overpay a little bit and go for a major prospect swap. I don't know if that they're, you know, I don't know that they're necessarily thinking of that. But, hey, I think there are some legitimate options. And in terms of, like, a variety of stuff that the Devils could offer. New Jersey's probably one of the prime teams um, positioned to really make a compelling trade package for the Jets. So I do think that there's congruency there. I think that there's a natural um, meshing of needs, but I think the biggest question is what are the Devils willing to give up, especially if they don't intend to resign Hellebuck past this year. If they're not locked in to a big contract, then I, I don't know that the Jets are going to be able to get a lot out of that trade deal. But Something to keep an eye on. I mean, there's plenty of teams that could technically use Hellebuck, but I think when it comes to uh, teams that I can see affording him, I would say New Jersey's probably in the driver's seat for that trade. Now, one thing I do want to circle back to a little bit is is Dubois because he also had some other speculation. Uh, Montreal apparently has kind of reengaged on his trade discussions, and supposedly the Ottawa Senators have kind of peeked in and are interested. But a lot of this could be the Jets trying to um, ring out a last few trade offers as they are pushing this Ayafalo and uh, Villardi package. That seems to be the one that's being touted. That seems to be the most popular deal. Um, and I think in terms of what the Jets are looking for to stay competitive, it probably fits their needs better than what we'll see with most of the other trade packages. In terms of how I feel about all of this, I'm pretty mixed. I think you know that I personally would favor a rebuild rather than a very kind of halfway retooling. I think the Jets need to focus more on the future, but let's be you know clear: if their objective is to win now, and I'm evaluating from that, then this you know this trade and some of the other moves that they are planning to, planning to make are objectively good. I'll be honest: the trade returns. So far, look pretty good. I mean, if your goal is to to play now and be competitive, I really can't hate the returns. I mean, Velarde is a player I'm a big fan of. I've liked Ayafalo for many years. I think he's surprisingly underappreciated. And whatever other, you know, young players that the Kings might throw in could legitimately be really nice rotational options in the depth, the depth ranks, especially because the Jets traditionally don't have a lot of finishing talent down there. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I think, like Chevy said, He's got many irons in the fire, but usually it you know narrows down to like one or two irons at the end of all of it. So let's hope the Jets come out on the winning end and have a nice burning hearth for us when we get back home to Winnipeg hockey. But let me know your thoughts on all of the trade speculation, uh, your final predictions for a trade package. Drop them in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. 
for tonight's episode, though, that is all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I encourage you to hit like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. But as, as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.